Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got reviews of a great new smartphone and an incredible waterproof jacket. The recently released OnePlus Nord is the first mid-range phone you won't hate. So the moment has come. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of speculation, as you're well aware. It's the new product from OnePlus. Whole new name, whole new product. OnePlus Nord, getting back to the roots, getting back to the budget value mindset. It boasts six cameras and 5G, all for under $500. InputMag.com senior reviews editor Ray Wong was impressed by the Nord, writing that, quote, OnePlus made the Android phone for the masses that Google couldn't. Here he is reading an excerpt from his review. In my almost three weeks of using the Nord, I can confidently say that the Nord is the first mid-range phone that I don't hate. There's no bloatware constantly reminding me of the devil's deal a company had to make in order to sell it for such low prices. There's no crushing lag when doing basic smartphone things. And it's a dirt cheap quote unquote 5G phone with a half a dozen cameras. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hi. (laughs) I don't know how to react to that. I thought I thought I'd mix it up. <laughs> I appreciate that. So what makes the Nord the first mid-range phone that you don't hate? It's really got like everything that you could ask for in a phone. You know, most mid-range phones at this price point, like under $500, they really skimp on certain features like cameras or the battery capacity or the display. And the Nord just like seems to have it all. You know, it's got the big, bright 90 hertz display it's got a all-day battery and it's got six cameras two on the front and four on the back it's rare to even see a flagship phone with two cameras at the front that's one of my first questions does this thing actually need six cameras <laughs> probably not i don't think some of the cameras are really great like the depth sensor is like maybe unnecessary that like helps with portrait mode there's also the macro camera which is like fun but like not the best it's very low res it's like two megapixels and do you really need like a an ultra wide selfie camera when you can't really go hang out with your friends to take selfies with all your friends and family so what are some of the other specs on this thing that are worth highlighting So it is a 5G phone, but you will need to be on a specific network that supports those 5G frequencies. So in my neck of the woods in Queens, New York, I didn't really notice 5G speeds. The data speeds were about like the same as LTE on my iPhone. And the other really great thing is, you know, the smooth performance. OnePlus is known for their ultra fast, ultra smooth performance. They tune Android or Oxygen OS, which is their version of Android, to be like really fast and fluid. And it's no different on the Nord. It really feels like you're getting a $1,000 phone for less than 500 bucks. And the third thing I would say is the price. And even though the phone isn't coming to the US, you can definitely, you know, import it on the internet. The phone is really cheap in places where it is coming out. So it starts at about 335 bucks in India. And in Europe, you can get it for starting at around $450. So very affordable prices for very good specs. So you noted that it's not being sold in the US, but can you still buy it abroad and use it over here? For sure. You can definitely buy one on the internet, you know find your appropriate channels and pop in your T-Mobile or AT&T SIM card. It must be a GSM SIM card. So Sprint or Verizon carriers won't work. 
I've been using my personal T-Mobile SIM card in there for about a couple of weeks and I've had no issues to be honest. It works just like any unlocked GSM phone. So ideally, who would this phone be for? Really anybody who doesn't want to pay the exorbitant $1,000 prices that, you know, Samsung, Apple, and even OnePlus is charging for their flagship phones. You know, if you're okay with having a average camera, you know, maybe you don't take too many photos or videos, then this is maybe the, the perfect phone for you. You can follow Ray on Twitter at Ray Wongi. Now on to today's second story. For more than half a century, Gore-Tex has been the king of breathable waterproofing. But last year, the North Face introduced a new waterproof technical fabric called FutureLight that's supposedly even better than Gore-Tex. Traditionally, hydrostatic testing and moisture vapor transmission is how you evaluate a waterproof breathable. The thing that's different about FutureLight is that we're also looking at the air permeability. Most waterproof breathables have a zero CFM. What makes FutureLight different is that moisture moves through as well as air. InputMag.com Guides editor Evan Rogers recently put some future light gear to the test. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. I thought I was good, that I had every type of waterproof garment one could ever need. But then in fall of 2019, the North Face announced Future Light, a new waterproof technical fabric that, on paper at least, seemed to be better than Gore-Tex in pretty much every way. The big standout feature is breathability. You see, many waterproof jackets you can pick up at like Uniqlo for $100 to $150 aren't breathable at all. They're just sealed fabric. A few hours in one of these will have you soaked from your own sweat, which completely defeats the purpose of a waterproof jacket in the first place. Welcome to the show, Evan. Thanks. Good to be here. As you mentioned in the piece, you have an obsession with waterproof gear. Yeah. Definitely. I think the thing that is so appealing about it to me is that it has a real distinct function. Obviously, there's a huge element to it of style, you know, so like the ACG jackets that I have from Nike, they're very cool looking. In fact, I got the women's cut because the women's cut is way more interesting. It has like sort of a more cropped torso area and the sleeves are three quarter inch sleeves. But the actual like functionality of being in like a torrential rainstorm and coming out of it completely dry. It's just so cool. Every time it happens, I'm like, this is the best. So for the piece you wrote about a North Face Future Light jacket, how does Future Light compare to Gore-Tex? The interesting thing is, is that there are a bunch of different types of Future Light that the North Face makes, and there's also a bunch of different types of Gore-Tex. So making a one-to-one comparison is a little bit difficult, but if we can draw some general comparisons, the big thing is, like I said, is is breathability. And I can say from lots of experience that like Gore-Tex is amazing in its ability to keep you dry. When you wear a rubber jacket or a sealed fabric, it is instantaneously stifling from the very moment you put it on. But if you have a nice Gore-Tex jacket, especially if it's like a pro jacket with things like pit zips and ventilation areas, you can really wear it for a really long time and that's really good. But with Future Light, it is immediately way more breathable. You could really wear it, probably not in in this exact climate because it's in New York right now. It's unbelievably humid. But the, the great benefit is that you could wear it without taking it on and off, which if you're hiking is a very familiar problem. You really went the extra mile, though. You wore this Future Light jacket out into an actual New York City rainstorm. Tell me about that. All right. So right now I'm testing out a bunch of Future Light stuff. There's not really like that many reviews on YouTube um, of Future Light, like in an actual like rainstorm like this. 
So I wanted to, you know, give it a try in like some real, actual, like thunderstorm conditions. I gotta be honest, I mean, like, I still have to, you know, like take off all the stuff and see how dry I am, but honestly, it's working really well so far. I feel completely dry. It's always a little bit difficult to tell whether or not the jacket is working because you're just being pelted by rain. So while I was out there, I was like, I don't know, maybe this is not as waterproof as I thought, but it turned out the rain was just cold on my skin. And when I got back in, I was perfectly dry. It's crazy. And the thing is, is that like, I mean, it was coming down, which you can see in the video, but I came in, was completely dry aside from my hands, you know, and some like splashback that I got on my face. But yeah, I mean, it was a hellacious rainstorm. You can follow Evan on Twitter at Evan Rogers, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. <laughs>